Welcome to Everyday Animism, a weekly podcast exploring all things animism, particularly how animism impacts everyday life. The podcast is hosted by Kelly Harrell, Brandis Schnabel, and Janet Roper. Let's dive in. Hey there. Hey. How are you? I'm good. Good. Hello. Hello. Oh, and Kelly is here too. Yay. Mm-hmm. It's like How are you? Or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, nothing's on fire and I have power. Well, that's what I'm doing. Whoa, that's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't have snow coming into my bedroom. Which was a thing that yeah, happened. That's, that's a good thing that stopped. Yes, it is. It's a very good thing. So we're all... I have blossoms on my pear tree and my window open. I hear your words, Kelly. I don't understand them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like a I don't alien. It's, yeah. it's not normal. It's not normal for this time of year. Wow. Happy February. Um, yeah. So welcome. I discovered I can't count. I don't know if anyone else noticed, but. I named last week's episode, episode 26, I and there was no, there's no episode 25. I wondered if it was me because I've done that before myself, but it's all good. So I'm going to call this episode 25-ish. <laughs> I like the and, ish part. And it'll be fine. Yes. Um, and we are communicating on the very topic of our episode today for which I have prepared very little, uh, which is, for which, it, uh, which is internet and technology, mm-hmm. animism, um, the conversation about animism as it applies to internet and technology. So who wants to launch us into that adventure? I will, I will. Okay. So it's not a new concept. I think that's the thing that kind of would surprise a lot of people because we don't really talk about it in Western culture, like as an everyday thing, it doesn't make it new. It's actually a really old concept, the the deus ex machina, the God in the machine. And it's in Eastern, Eastern cultures, the idea of technology being alive is, well, it's very decolonized in comparison. Like they have the perspective that, anyone has the capacity to create life that is equal, like it's sharing life. Whereas it's been very much demonized in our culture, even just basic stuff like, you know, your, your laptop, um, let alone actual robotic technology, but it's very demonized. This idea that humans should not be creating life. Like we should not be taking something that is inanimate in any way and giving it resonance. Giving it what was that? Did we lose Kelly? I think we lost Kelly. Did we really? No, there you are. There you are. Oh, yay. <laughs> I don't With know. Us, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we, we give it what was that? vibrance or or some kind of resonance you know just this this essence that that makes it be its own 
entity. And in our culture, we're afraid of that. Like we're, we're really afraid of that, not just our toaster, but specifically the technology that would connect us or um, allow us to do better things. Yeah. And it's interesting. So I, I did prepare slightly for this and I was reading a really interesting paper online on cybernetic animism, non uh, non-human personhood and the internet. And it was a really, there was really interesting stuff in there around the idea that we have so, um, compartmentalized being like the act of being um, as a thing that involves mind and body. And so if there's not a body, um, like there's not a being. And when you look at the internet in an animistic way, even we are showing up in an internet space, which in in and of itself has agency, but we are showing up in that space without a physical body. And So in some ways we are, I don't know, equally being in that verb of being, um, or what is it, what was it called in the article, like humaning or, um, there were so many interesting, what is that, what is that term on Calvin and Hobbes where you take a noun and verbify, verbifying? There's so many verbifications of words that I don't tend to think of as action, Um, but it was interesting to think about like the internet. And when we show up in that space, are we any more being than the other things that are there that aren't necessarily existing in another space in human, in, in bodily form, I guess. I think that we think we are because we're humans and we have the body form, but that's not, that's not the truth. We are here in an animistic way and the um, the internet and the phones that we're on or the um, whatever we're using to to come in on, you know, that's part of being with us, too. I think it's a fabulous metaphor for how we really are already connected. I mean, that's the yeah. part in animism that gets forgotten by so many people. When, when the light switch turns on and, and you say, oh, wow, animism is a thing. Everything around you already knew that. It was waiting for you to get there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the idea that we have to be a body in order to be fully present is very, well, it's very limiting. Yeah, it's yeah. very limiting. I think not having that limitation is scary, though, because we so pervasively think that way. Um, in the same way that, you know, in a much more a much more surface level. I mean, we talked really early on in the podcast and one of the really early concepts that is something to be taken in with animism is the idea that something that doesn't have a face and talk to you or make a noise or communicate that those things have agency or a soul, that those are people. Um, And there's that adaptation to, Oh, it doesn't have to look like me and talk like me and think like me to have agency you know, it feels like there's ego in that idea too of um, what you were saying about Western culture is like very afraid of, or that we shouldn't give things vibrance or 
but it's interesting because like we're not the ones giving those things their essence or their vibrance or soul or you know whatever you want to call it like I mean there's ego in even assuming that if we are the ones that have permission to do that and that those things didn't already have that to begin with I think there's a catch-22 in there also because you know we make the projection that if there's not a body it's not valid um, or, or we even invalidate a lot of times internet relationships as being like internet versus real. And that that's something that has always kind of gotten under my skin because it's all real. But, mm-hmm. but the catch 22 part of it is people are perfectly happy to culturally appropriate because the internet has made them aware of things in a spiritual purview that they did not have access to before. Like one of the, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like people. Okay. So one of my early lessons in, in shamanism was that you, you really don't, you don't often hear of or experience being deeply moved by something that wasn't somehow in your schema, meaning like, you know, and an Australian Aboriginal walker of songlines is probably not going to get visited by a Buryat shaman. Like those streams don't cross because it's not part of your lexicon. And so something like the Internet has really made our lexicons explode. It's given us um, this sort of like myriad of cosmology and exposure that, that we probably would have never had in our lifetimes without it. And so even though we have this sense of like lack of embodiment and we don't necessarily ascribe it the same agency, we will, however, use it to appropriate other people's stuff on the internet. And, I, and that, that's a huge catch 22 to me. Like, can you just take some other cultural thing and plop it down because you learned it on the internet. Can you just, you know, bring it back to New Jersey and everything's fine. And I realize that's like a separate subject, but the internet is partly why we have this issue. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's a way in which like, I mean, it's like how much information is too much information. And at what point do we become sort of desensitized to the sacredness of the information and the fact that it, it didn't just sprout up out of thin air too. And there's also, it, it creates a detachment for some people, not for everybody, but it creates a detachment from where you stand. Like, you know, a lot of people aren't riding their bicycles while they're on their phones, you know, they're just on their phones or they're not out, in their nature space, in their immediate animistic space, while they're engaging this enormous animistic network. And so we kind of use, it's not that technology causes that, we let technology be that in our lives, when really it could be also very inclusive at an animistic level. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, reading this other article, um, the internet of things and planetary vision, and I'll put links to in this show notes for this stuff, but, um, it was talking about the initial, you know, animism as the original, you know, religion, spirituality, whatever. And there's this part that really struck me. It says, can we give the planet, 
it like it talks about initially that everything had a soul and then things began to kind of um compartmentalize and then we created um monotheistic religions and 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 things sort of pulled us away from this idea that everything has agency and that the internet in a way is the potential for that reunification that that sort of broadening of that sense again and there's this quote in there that says can we give the planet a global unifying purpose if we connect every single rock car building person and what will this unifying consciousness do animistic religions saw mankind as guardians of the planet with time we lost this relationship um will the internet of things allow us to regain it um and it just made me think like there's so much potential for this space in which we are sort of creating a thing that already exists. Mm-hmm. And it could be the thing that sort of brings us back to a much broader sense of what's sacred and what's important and allows us to collaborate in ways that we've, that used to just much be done on a much more micro level, just because you could talk to the person next to you you know, right. in the very beginning of humans communicating, it was, you know, you talk to the person next to you, that's it. Now we've gotten to this point where the internet as it's, uh, as a being, I don't know, it has the potential to actually pull us outside of it and direct us back out into our communities to do the work of a collective purpose. I think it also has, it can also pull us out of ourselves, of who we truly are, so that we're doing bypassing or ignoring who we are and how we are to participate in our community. Because we see that shiny object that's on, you know, the other side of the continent or the other side of the world. You know, it's like, oh, that's really cool. You know, I want to emulate that person that's over in Bulgaria or Russia instead of doing the work that I am called to do here, Mm -hmm. what's right underneath my feet. Yeah, I think it creates a lot of avoidance as we're in this. um, And one of these articles talks about how we're in the initial fate. Like if the internet is sort of in parallel with how we've developed as as a species and as a planet, and the internet is sort of in that same, one of the earlier phases of that same type of development, that we're in that process of not really realizing the connection and not having made sense of the connection. And I think that's part of where we start to get into some of the bypass, some of the, um, I can hide here. And I think some of it is due to the fact that we consider it different from everywhere else we are, Mm -hmm. everywhere else that we exist. So like, it doesn't count as much. The things you say there don't count as much because we didn't say them out loud and and we're not standing next to the person we said them to, but. But the reality is it's all real, it's all important, and it has the capacity to greatly, greatly deepen the relationships we have outside of the internet and within it. But, but I mean, there's just, there's so much potential there. And I think that's where, I mean, for me, you, you both know that like, I feel a lot of affinity to technology. Like it is a part of my cosmology. It's a part of my animistic practice. I I, I do have an incorporated sense of, of technology, of the internet, of, um, 
electronics, all of that stuff as being very much a part of the collective, as being a part of nature. And I think where we, it's almost like that mind and body thing of where being has to be a mind and a body. And we've divided them into two separate things and we've created meaning around having to have both. And um, in some ways we've created that same duality. Like, is there any place in which we've created duality that it was a good thing ever? Um, Cause we totally do it here. Like whether we're in, you know, we're in our bodies and in the present and looking around us physically, or if we're on the internet, we create two separate states out of those things. And it doesn't really make sense. You know, I don't remember if you and I were talking, Brandy, or if it was the three of us, but we were having this conversation. And you had made that comment about how you have such an affinity for it. And I thought I did until I got to thinking afterwards about our conversation. And I realized that I use it as a tool, meaning that in the back of my mind, I have power over it. And I can make that tool do whatever I damn well please whenever I want it to do what I damn well please. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. That certainly is not animism. So I have this past week just been slowing down, looking at it in a different way, approaching it in a different way, and learning many lessons from it in a very different way, which is both empowering and humbling. Mm-hmm. I think that is a very animistic shift of seeing the internet as a place where you get to do what you want versus an environment where you show up as yourself, just like you show up everywhere else in some way as yourself, and you're responsible for what you contribute and how you use your space within that space and all of that space isn't yours in the same way that we don't own all the space around us physically in the quote, you know, physical world. There's a lot to unpack there. There is. Um, Yes. And I think there's so many ways to, I mean, it's in, you know, the internet is global. It's in a way it's trying to have a conversation about something that's as big as, you know, trying to talk about the entire human race. There's so much nuance that we could probably make a whole separate podcast about it. Definitely. I've talked to you all about the book that I've been reading that has made suggestions around um, modern advancement period, but, you know, definitely including technology and the systems that evolve out of our technology how those have been divisive for the ancestors and that, um, and not just the ancestors, but for the nature spirits as well, in that we have allowed ourselves to become divided from our relationship to the ancestors and nature spirits. And so they have, they kind of don't understand or view technology as, um, as not good when that's not necessarily the case. It's, it's more about how we have allowed it to create that wound rather than it is a bad thing and it can't be used to also be part of um, maybe even bridging those relationships. Because when I look at it, technology from that standpoint, it's not just about making amends from an ancestral and nature spirit standpoint, like how does it situate into those relationships, but we have to figure out how it situates so that our descendants know how to survive in the world and still stay connected to technology in a way that's healthy and progressive for however their lives are going to be when we're long gone. 
but also to help anchor them into these you know, nature beings that are all around us and into the ancestors who came before us so that there's this kind of continuity that inclusive of technology. Yeah. Do you think the kids that are coming into the world now are wired differently, like say, than I was when I came into the world and they are wired to understand technology at some kind of cellular level? Definitely. I mean, I think they're wired differently in general, but I think that I think that as kids, period, we're all probably better wired for the way technology is now than people who have grown up without it and have developed sort of blocks around what it is and what it should be used for. Yeah. I also think like my sense of like, when I, when I interact with or engage in, you know, animistic practice around technology or the internet more, more like technology is probably the better term because the internet is Mm. fairly new, but in terms of technology, I experience that as being something much, much older than I think we think about technology too. Like it, and I think it's not that it's a brand new thing that we bring. I mean, we've been making tools of some sort in a way that has been technology of that level of our capacity for a really, really long time. So we're, I mean, technology is evolving in a parallel to us. And for me, that creates less of a sense of fear and more of a sense of, because I think, you know, you were saying like some people are afraid of it, resistant to it, um, didn't grow up with it. And I think as each generation is different, you know, wired differently, evolves, evolves, period. I mean, we're all evolving. Technology is too. So what it's going to look like for our kids and and their kids, um, I think as long as we're showing up along the way thoughtfully with what, with whatever iteration we have in front of us, we have the capacity to create, create that safety and that grounding for our kids and our descendants, you know, past kids. People forget shovels were a genius technological advancement. And that's something that I have talked to my kids about a lot because they say things like, you know, they're like, oh, my God, did you even have televisions when you were growing up? And, you know, I'm like, yeah, I did, but my mom didn't. You know, I'm like, this stuff hasn't been around that long. I I get that you're a little kid, but, you know, here's. Oh, Kelly disappeared again. Wait, is, is the, Janet there? I'm here. Yeah, is Kelly back? I'm here. Okay. Okay, there, you're back again. Technology keeps taking you away. Are you about to yeah, say something that's going to expose some sort of truth that we're not allowed to say? Maybe. Or maybe I said it. Maybe I already said it and, and you missed it. <laughs> I think that's the case right there. Dang it. <laughs> and you know what? I won't remember what it was. There. But it was brilliant. We all know that. I sensed it, even though I didn't hear it. I felt. Yeah, because I don't have to be there for you to, you know, for you to get it. (laughs) Yeah. It blew my mind. You blew the internet's mind. That's why you went silent. Yeah. Yeah. Me and the internet go way back. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) It wasn't even called the internet. 
when we first met. What was it called? It was just the World Wide Web. And when I originally met it, it was still the military. It was ARPANET when I first met it. It wasn't even public yet. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's grown up so much. Geek geek t-shirts for the win. Mm -hmm. So I guess, what do we want to offer? What do we want to offer listeners around technology and animism before we wrap up? I, I mean, for me, I think there's, my biggest thing is that there's an importance to respect technology as in an animistic way as having as having agency as something that we have a responsibility to show up for uh, show up in show up with um, all of those things in a way that um, doesn't negate our responsibility to be good humans ethical humans ethical people on a planet um, that's even more connected than it ever has been um, and that for me, that just impacts how thoughtfully, I mean, I feel like we could do like three more episodes on this because I could talk about death walking of like shit you don't use online anymore. And, and there's just, there's um, about the death of things online. And, um, but I think for this initial conversation about it, for me, it is about remembering that we have responsibility no matter what space we're showing up in and whether we take our bodies with us and that things without, you know, meaty bodies can still be people and places and things. For me, it's remembering that it's not a tool, but it's a partnership. Mm-hmm. I think my parting perspective is to have people consider any wounding that they carry around technology being alive. Like, what is it really about? What are the biases and the fears that are really at the root of being afraid that technology is alive? Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. I have a theory about it, but I feel like we're going to have yeah, to do a second episode about yeah. this. I'll leave it at that. Stay tuned for yeah. part two. <laughs> Food for thought, and then I definitely want to talk about this again, because now I have like a whole bunch of other thoughts and not time to talk about them. Um, but I appreciate you both, and I appreciate the internet and technology, because otherwise I wouldn't know Janet at all. Well, I wouldn't know either of you, even though Kelly and I have like physically been in the same spot. It's only been once, and... Um, so I, I think that also makes me very grateful for technology, for that increasing, like, nearly globe-wide connection. I'm grateful for both of you and being on the interwebs with no bodies. That's right. That's right. Yes. And I think it's only going to be an, er- an enrichment, at least from my perspective, when we meet in person. Because mm-hmm. I know I'm going to be doing the happy dance and laughing and crying at the same time. Hmm. Yes. Got to get the snow out of the bedroom first. Yeah. We're, the The weather is weird and the world is weird this week. Yes. But thank you for being in it. And thank you to everyone for listening. And thank you for just being patient with me in renaming this episode or naming this episode to just 
fill in a prior gap I created. And we will see you next time. Take Everyone care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you'd like more information on Kelly, Brandis, or Janet, or to listen to past episodes of our podcast, get some more information on our resource page, you can find all of those tidbits at everydayanimism.tumblr.com. See you next week.